We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. We have a kind of a reputation of being the young, the young diehard fans. How was that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing. Hey, good. Let's keep it over 25 minutes, all right? Bloody hell, mate. Welcome to London Week. This is the Underage Packers podcast. Scenes are about to get absolutely bonkers as the Packers are traveling to London. This crappy English accent is presented to you by Joey here. And joining me, as always, is my mate, Big B. How are you doing today? <laughs> wow. Oh, my. I, I want to get some feedback on that. Let me know if it was good or if I will end up being memed for the rest of the eternity for my oh, you, I will not let that die. I promise you that. You know what's sad is I actually looked up English accent to use in that intro. <laughs> I'm sure you did. I'm sure. Yeah. 12 o'clock can. at night, Googling it, looking at all oh, the yeah. videos. I know, I know you. Yeah. And I've taken pride in my English accent for quite some time now. But if you can't tell, the Green Bay Packers are traveling to London for the first time in franchise history. To play a game against the New York Giants should be a good time for some American football, all right? So, you know, I see a lot of people are kind of cranky about this game being played in London. And, you know, especially when it was first announced, people were mad that Green Bay was going to lose a home game, even though they're still getting the eight thanks to the new rule the NFL implemented where, you know, the, the nine games, the nine home games for one conference and the only the eight for the next, you know, you know, the rules, but the Packers are the last team to get out to London. And also like, Hey man, ever since our messy breakup in 1775 um, with, you know, the UK or Britain, you know, Britain has given us quite a bit, right? They've given us the Beatles. They've given us Freddie Mercury and Queen. They've given us... Um, <laughs> they've, you know, what are some good... There has to be some good good British food, right? You know, they've given us all of that. They've given us Mark Goldacres. They've given us Dorak Carragher. You know, some great Packers minds. So it's time we let them see our great game of Green Bay Packers football out there, all right? Like, they they deserve to get a look at that, right? So, um, London fans are in for a treat this week. So, that's why we wanted to talk to two of our friends who I just mentioned, Mark and Ara, two diehard Packers fans, and have taken it to another sense, considering they are in a country that does not get much Packers coverage, um, countries where they have to stay up very late very early if you want to look at it that way in the morning to watch their green bay pack so we wanted to talk to them today get their sense get their excitement for the packers finally being in green bay um so let's start out off we'll we'll be talking with the then we'll recap the patriots game a little bit then we'll talk to mark and then we'll look ahead to the giants game so it should be a fun time let's head right into it We are now here with Derrick Carrier um, joining us as our first international fan we're talking to for London Week. Although um, Derrick, you're not you're not really from London. Where are you from again? Is it near Ireland? I am from Ireland. Yes. Um, okay. I'll be making the trip over to London, but yeah, it's it feels like a home game, even though I have to go on a plane at four a.m. in the morning to get there. Uh, it's about as good as we can do here in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So. I always admire your work and you're pretty much everywhere. So where can people find your work uh, on Twitter and then just all the stuff you write as well? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Um, just look it up D I or E. There are too many Daras on Twitter. So you'll probably <laughs> find me somewhere there. My name is the same as my username and you can find my articles on 24 seven sports at packerreport.com. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Your articles are always great. And I don't know how you even find the time really to uh, not only watch the All-22 and then clip it and then have all the articles about it, I could not find the time for that. 
Uh, I don't have the time, Joey. I just pretend I do have the time. <laughs> you do not sleep is the only solution. <laughs> all right. The first question is, how did you first become a Packers fan living all the way in Ireland? All right. So that's a question that I can't really answer too well because <laughs> me, like most people, we just kind of fell into the sport in a very natural way. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I can give you a rough year. It was after the Super Bowl. I, okay. like you guys, ne- I never got to see the Packers win the Super Bowl, so we're still holding out on that. <laughs> it was around 2011 um, when I first started watching the NFL, and I don't know what led me to the Packers, but I would occasionally just, you know, pick up a few games here and there, whatever was on TV. Obviously, the sport's grown so, so much in the decades since, but in terms of choosing the Packers it wasn't more so I don't really remember how I chose them to begin with but I remember how I stuck with them and the reason I stuck with them was because of Aaron Rodgers uh, it's a it's pretty simple it's pretty basic there's no I wish I had like a cool story to give about like how I first got into the Packers like I, there was no one moment it was just like oh this guy's this guy's so so good at the sport I'm just gonna keep supporting this team so it kind of just went from there (laughs) interesting now I like what you added in there about how it's grown over uh over there in the past few years and I was going to ask you like the NFL has pushed it so hard in the past decade of their international games do you think they've been successful in growing the game over there incredibly successful um it's it's one of the most admirable things that the nfl has been able to do is they have grown their sport here more than any other sport i mean formula one is getting really big here but between formula one and the nfl those sports are just rising and rising year on year i mean the growth since 2019 or so hasn't just been quite as big there was a boom there from about 2015 onwards and then like mm. it kind of took off with uh, obviously they have so many patriots fans over here everyone just loves tom brady and uh, then Mahomes and that kind of younger generation just gave it that further boost and like at the moment the sport is huge i mean tickets for this package game are going at 300 dollars is about as cheap as a ticket as you can find and when and that might not sound like much in america where you know you've got deer uh naturally dear tickets but like mm-hmm. you can get to most like Premier League soccer games here for about $30 or wow. roughly thereabouts so it's crazy the way the sport's grown here and I know a lot of American fans aren't aren't overly like like in, in these uh, UK games is they think oh, I don't want to wake up early and all mm-hmm. they mean so much to the fan base over here like people here have been counting down the days to this ever since it was announced <laughs> back earlier in the year they call they call week one Viking Super Bowl week this is UK Packers Super Bowl week <laughs> we have to win this game <laughs> yes. interesting there is something ironic about what you mentioned there about there being a bunch of Patriots fans in London there's something a little ironic about that yeah um, but, <laughs> but I, I do think uh, the how you mentioned how you fell in love with the team and stuck with Packers being Aaron Rodgers and the Super Bowl. I think the Packers, I mean, would you say that they're one of the biggest teams over there just because of their success and the Super Bowl at 2011? Yeah, the Packers are, I mean, there's a there's a group of, I would call them almost blue blood NFL franchises. So like mm-hmm. you got the Patriots, the Steelers, the Packers, um dolphins 49ers those teams are always going to have a massive draw over here the giants do as well just because new york is a massive market it's on the east coast right. um so those are the teams that really have generate a big fan base i would actually say that since this is the packers first time in london all other 31 teams have already played in london the packers are the last i think that you're probably going to see on sunday one of the biggest like individual team supports come out because those London games are very heavily neutral. You know, fans of all teams who just like the sport will go over and watch no matter who's playing. But Packers fans are going to show up on Sunday because they haven't had the chance to do so before. So, yeah. Yeah. The the Super Bowl, I know it made um, Mark Oldakers, who we're going to talk to later in this episode, I know it made, I'm pretty sure that's what made him a fan. And it made Harry Styles a fan. So it clearly <laughs> had a big impact. The two best-looking guys in England. Uh, of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, obviously one thing is the time difference over there. And, you know, I it's easy for me to complain about, you know, 12 o'clock games feeling too early and then I'm tired for the rest of the day or 7 o'clock games go until 11 o'clock. I mean, from your perspective, I'm 
you know, a baby complaining about those times. <laughs> so, like, does your family judge you for staying up to like two or three o'clock for most games? I mean, I don't think they care. It's kind of just, you know, you do you if, if yeah. that's really what you're into. But um, I actually, I've always been a strong believer and I really, really like the time NFL games are played over here because oh. nev- nothing's ever in the way of it. And it's, yeah. an, it's an unpopular opinion, but like when you have a game, when you have a package game at 1.30 a.m. in the morning, yeah, sure, it's going to be terrible when you have to wake up tomorrow morning. But there is nothing that could possibly get in the way of you watching that game. You have nothing else to do at 1.30 a.m. So I, I've actually always liked it in that sense that, you know, this is just the sole focus. And I don't mind that the, the noon games for you guys start at 6 p.m. here, which is a relatively nice time as well on a Sunday night. You're not usually going to be doing too much at that time. Yeah. So I like the way it doesn't, you know, you're never really working or you've never got anything in the way of, of a package game. And so that's always been something that I've kind of, I'll die on that hill that I actually like the times that they are here. It's going to be weird, 2 p.m. over here on a Sunday. I'm not going to be used to watching NFL that early in the day. So that might take some adjustment. I might need to wake up a little earlier. (laughs) Yeah, that's one thing that I have never thought about, but it is such a good point because the gymnastics I have to do to be able to make sure my schedule is completely clear on Sundays for a span of four months is a havoc. So I, I can imagine, you know, although it sucks, you get, like no sleep your sleep schedule is completely messed up for four or five minutes uh months it's completely (laughs) worth it at least it would be in my opinion yeah um so looking ahead to this game i know you mentioned that you were able to get tickets is that right yeah well i'm getting uh i'm getting into the press box for it shout out uh ross oglum and packer report wow yeah so yeah, I got that news uh, recently, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, so it'll be my first time in a press box. Um, I'm probably gonna know everybody, and they're not gonna know me, so I might just keep my mouth shut. So yeah, that that's why I'm going. I'm going over a few of my friends are also going, and they're watching in the crowd. So that will be fun. That is incredible. Shout out to Ross, man. That is awesome. Thanks. Are you, yeah, I would I would love to be in the press box and just like pretend like I know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> like pretend to be working <laughs> yeah yeah i would just like try to fit in but the whole time i'd be fan like fangirl and be like oh, god rob Domofsky is right behind oh, me <laughs> <laughs> man that that is awesome like are you gonna like wear a suit or are you just gonna go in there with a packer's jersey and not even care I don't know. I'm pretty sure I can't wear team apparel, so I'll probably just have to keep it with like a shirt or something. I mean, if I would go in there in my Jair jersey, like with a big cheese head on my head, I, <laughs> yeah. I think I might get a few looks from from Schneidman <laughs> and Dubovsky and those kind of guys. I, I don't know yeah. what they think of that. <laughs> well, for sure. Yeah, you might. Well, you just got to like wear a suit in and then like, you know, you act like, okay, I, you know, now that we're inside, not cold anymore, let me take my jacket off and yeah. reveal my Jair Alexander jersey. <laughs> that would be phenomenal um all right now looking ahead to this actual game here um as we're recording this we're still a week and a day out here the Packers haven't even played their game against the Patriots yet um so not too much we can look ahead um to this Giants game for but I wanted to get all of our thoughts so far on the season three weeks in on one thing that has been a pleasant surprise with the Packers for us and then one thing that has been a disappointment. So something we had higher expectations for um, big B what's your answer on both of those. Um, biggest surprise is honestly, probably the special teams. I expected them to be um, a lot better with hiring Rich Passaccia, but they have been actually not terrible this year. And I think they're 11th in DVOA, I think from 32 last year. So that is my biggest surprise. Most disappointing is and nothing is really disappointing to me because like mm-hmm. I expected the offense to be coming out with a slow start defense I guess in the first two weeks weren't up to the standard but that Tampa game they really showed how dominant they can be yeah I'll, I'll start off with most disappointing and I'll say Aaron Rodgers like you know we're only three games in um, but so far he just has not had a great game um, so still looking for that one, not have played like an MVP quite yet. Most surprising, I would agree with you on special teams. Um, and I'll also say the, the defensive line, 
has been a pleasant surprise for me, even though they showed promise in the preseason so far, they have been great. Kenny Clark is having the, one of his best starts to a season. So really looking forward to what the defensive line can do. Uh, Dara, what's your answer to these two? Well, uh, I'll start off with the biggest surprise. And yeah, I think everyone would go with special teams there. Uh, just to change it up, I would go with Keyson Nixon just from that last game. He was really, really good when he came in. And if he can have like a Rasul Douglas type season, like the same as Rasul did last year, I don't know. Um, obviously, we're speaking from the, the past here. I don't know if he played in, instead of uh, Jair on Sunday against the Patriots. But Nixon, I mean, I know it was only one game, but so many positive signs there. He's also been tremendous on special teams. Then for the biggest disappointment, I would probably just go tackling on defense overall. Um, this was a unit that was probably in a top five in tackling last year. Um, I think I, I tweeted something out about Devondre Campbell missed like three tackles last year and he's already missed two or maybe even three already. So, you know, those guys haven't been... Uh, I thought that was something I really praised Joe Barry about in his first year mm -hmm. is how well he got them tackling an infamously bad tackling team the Packers are. Um, yeah. So a little bit of regression there, but hopefully that will pick up soon. Yeah, I was thinking about tomorrow's game. and I'm like, shoot, if like Aaron Rodgers has a season-ending injury in the Patriots game, I hate to even put that out in the universe. Don't. Then our... <laughs> Yeah, then people are going to be very confused why we are not in a very grim tone in this interview. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, if Aaron Rodgers goes out with an injury seven days before my first ever Packers game, oh, you might hear from, from me for a long, long time. <laughs> yeah, that same thing happened to me in 2017, but for you it would be much worse since you've been waiting for just the opportunity your whole <laughs> life. <laughs> hey, at least you'd get to see Jordan Love and not Brett Huntley. That might be a little yeah. bit better of a showing. That that's true. Yeah, you you got subjected to Brett Huntley. I don't wish that on any man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, and hey, I mean, against the Giants, they might still have a decent chance with Jordan Love. To be honest. Yeah. Oh, you definitely could. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much, Shura, for joining us. It was a great time. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Joey Big B. I mean, um, it's going to be a fun one on Sunday. Can't wait. Can't wait to get seeing people that I've just known online for a long, long time. And I uh, hope you guys can hack the early start to get up and hope you guys don't sleep in. <laughs> we'll make it. That will be the earliest I wake up because I do not want to wake up like five minutes before the game starts. I need to have time. I'll probably get some coffee in me. And then that way, by halftime, I can have a Dr. Pepper. So um, yeah. <laughs> that will be the earliest I wake up in quite some time on a weekend. Okay, so this game against the Patriots, man, my heart was racing for pretty much that whole second half. Would you say, Big B? Yeah, I was. I was stressing out. I could feel my heart rate just going up and up and up, and I think it reached like a whole new level. Like, actually, yes, skyrocketing. I I know you sent me a meme like a few years ago that being a Packers fan like takes years off of your life and the damage mm -hmm. it does to your brain, and yes. man. That was too stressful to be going up, not against Brian Hoyer, but against Bailey Zapp, Bailey Zappy, Bailey Zappers, right? Like, what in God's name is going on in that game? And there are so many frustrating aspects of it. The main one is with Joe Barry and his defense, right? Like, you are going up against this third-string quarterback, making his first-ever appearance, his first-ever NFL action at all, and I just don't understand this. Joe Barry and Mike Pettin do not make the defense adjust to them. They don't dictate, as Aaron Nagler would say. They are, you know, us, you know, virtually letting the offense gel them, play like them, like their fifth graders playing with slime. I don't know if that analogy makes sense, but they're letting them, the other team, gel their defense, allowing the offense to tell them what to do instead of making the offense do what they want them to do, all right? And, like, you know, Andy Herman brought up, and, you know, this is a very obvious point, but you're going up against Bailey Zapp. And, honestly, you play – like, I know it isn't as simple as 
flicking the X button on the PlayStation and boom, you got a run defense play or you got a pass defense play. I know it's not as simple as that, you know, but I just don't understand why you don't go, you know, full pass or how am I, how do I want toward this, you know, full run defense, stop Damian Harris, who was running outside, was able to beat the guys that were supposed to stop him, able to beat Devondre Campbell and Rashawn Gary just from pure speed on the outside runs. You know, why don't we do everything in our power to prevent that? And then, hey, if Bailey Zapp wants to take advantage of us, go right ahead, Bailey. Take your shot, man. Mm-hmm. But when we're in the second half and we have to, it comes down to overtime. It comes down to the defense having to stop the offense of the Patriots driving 20 yards into field goal range from winning this game. What are we doing? And there was just so many collapsing points from the Packers. As many people have brought up, the the Aaron Rodgers interception turns a lot of things over because even though they weren't playing their best game, if he doesn't throw that one, you know, the Packers play such a different game in the second quarter. And kind of like the game against Tampa Bay, just that Aaron Jones fumble completely switches the tone, completely switches the game plan. And if that hadn't happened, the Packers probably won both those games easily. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Big V, any other highlights you or failures you wanted to highlight from the Packers in this game? Man, not really many other failures that come to mind, but like Rashawn Gary was a man on a mission. Like that dude was absurd he was wrecking people yeah i need to so you see i got this poster mm-hmm. of rashawn which is just really a calendar cut out that i use that doesn't even fit in the frame right yeah, um and i admire it every day all right i need one of those like praying candles that maggie loney had of Darius smith unfortunately i need one of those with rashawn gary on it and i'd pray to it every night i gotta say yes, that'd be like dope. yeah i it is incredible to watch him play out there. And it seems like every dominant performance he has, a lot of people, a lot more people come out and say, look, I was wrong on Rashawn Gary. And it's great to see each and every one of those. And he is definitely a good lesson, a good uh, telling story, a good uh, warning against judging draft decisions, judging players that were drafted, you know, way too soon. All right. And then I, I saw these very same people. You know, we saw who was it? Who's the guy from EA that always has awful Packers take? Is it Marcus Whitman? Is that his name? But Marcus Whitman, he, you know, he made a lot of noise on Packers Twitter and he said the Packers spent two first round picks on a linebacker who, per PFF, doesn't rank as a starting caliber player and a defensive tackle who has gotten one pressure in four games as a four stream player. Oh, my God, the irony of pointing out that he's only gotten one pressure in four games, pointing out that stat, and then saying he's a four-string player because that's how the Packers roll with their rookies. Uh, That's funny. They also gave up two second-rounders for a wide receiver who can't catch or see the field. Um, I'm pretty sure Christian Watson is not blind, so I'm pretty sure he can see the field. Yes, there is still time for these players to turn into something, but everyone knew this had to be an impact class. And it hasn't been. It hasn't been on October 6th of 2022. Oh, my God. Like, I know I'm just pointing out and I'm getting way too mad at just this one guy who really doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to the Packers. I'm getting way too mad at this one take from him, and I'm kind of spiraling right now. But I I cannot believe how we have this cautionary tale of Rashawn Gary right in our face in that very game, killing it out there when the Packers got so much flack because they were in a world of problems because they had two great outside linebackers and they didn't have time to play Rashawn Gary because it would have made no sense. You know, God forbid that they had to play the Smith brothers in their greatest year together, right? Mm-hmm. I cannot believe how much foresight or, you know, the ability to think past one year these people have. And, you know, the Packers, we get this same, you know, crap every year that, this had to be an impact cast. Why aren't these Packers rookie making an impact uh, immediately? But that's that's simply not how the Packers move. That's not how they operate, right? And some people don't want to accept that because it is so such a deviation from the rest of the league besides Pittsburgh, kind of Baltimore, really. So I don't, man. Oh, man, I, I can't believe 
that people are already wanting to rule out Quay, wanting to rule out Watson, who's had a really tough start to his uh, rookie year. Um, but that's that. We'll we'll see how those Packers rookies are developing near the end of the season. And hey, if our thoughts are still the same as uh, they are right now on them, then hey, that's fine. It's still year one. Um, so anything else? I'm trying to think of that Patriots game. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers was not great that first half. Brought it out in the second half, though. As I mentioned with our talk with Ra, not um, kind of disappointed in Aaron Rodgers, but we'll see how he gets moving along the season. He just, there are certain games, I think of the one against Arizona last year too, where he is just off. He cannot hit, I'm missing the phrase right now, but he could not hit. Uh, yes, yes. Um, he, you know, he's kind of like Kirk Cousins um, trying to throw the ball at the gender reveal box in that one video, right? Like, there's some games he has like those, and he's just not on page with any of his receivers. Yeah, on that pick six before the end of half, just a bad decision. I mean, obviously, hindsight 2020 from me sitting in my couch in my basement. But, you know, Aaron, hoping for some better stuff. It's it's a little too early in the season to say he's lost it or he's washed. But, hey, at some point, the wheels will fall off, right? At some point, he's going to look like Drew Brees did at the end of his career unless Rodgers wants to avoid that and retires early like he has said he's playing to do. I don't know, man. Not the best of wins against New England, but it doesn't matter how pretty those wins are in October, September, or even November. All that matters is that you get enough so that you're in a good enough position in December to uh, get a good spot in the playoffs. So... That's my thoughts on the New England game. Uh, anything else, Big B? Um, I don't think so. All right. Then we will head to our talk now with Mark Oldacres. Um, he is from the UK, and he's a contributor for Cheesehead TV. So let's sort right to that with him. We are now here with our second international fan, and that is Mark Oldacres. You might know him uh, from his contributions to Cheesehead TV. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for joining us here today. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. It's an honor. Absolutely. So, first off, uh, this is going to be the question we asked to our, our three fans that we're having on today. Is, you know, across the world, how did you become a fan of not only an NFL team, but specifically one that is not a big city that most British people would be familiar with, like New York or Los Angeles. Um, but in Green Bay, Wisconsin, of all places, how did you become a fan of the Packers? Yeah, so for me, it was kind of, um, I'd say just kind of like happenstance, really. So the hmm. first NFL game I ever watched was Super Bowl forty-five. So because they were kind of like advertising it a lot here, that whichever channel it was, it was like, oh, we've got the Super Bowl this year. So I was kind of like, oh, I want to see what that's, what that's mm -hmm. about, like what's going on. So, um, so I, I stayed up and watched most of it. And kind of my, the way I relate to sports is I can't really do it without like a rooting interest of some sort. Like I kind of have to yeah. have, like I can't just sit there generally and be like, oh, I just hope it's a good game. Like that's not really the way I am. So kind of like before the you, game. You I can't like, be well, a Paul Rudd type of fan. No, exactly. Or uh, what's the, the guy... Um, What's his name? Uh, he was on Parks and Recreation. He wore Rob Lowe with the NFL. Oh, like, yeah. oh yes, that's yeah. who I was thinking of. Yeah. So even, yeah, I can't, I can't do that. So, um, so yeah, before the game, I was like, I think they were kind of just talking a little bit about the two teams or whatever. And like, I can't even remember why, but I was just like, yeah, I think I want the Packers to win. Like, I don't <laughs> even know why specifically. And then obviously they did win. I didn't, I didn't end up watching like the end of the game until the next day because, uh, you know, this was back when I was, in school so it was like mm. well I couldn't stay up like until would have been like 4 30 or whatever in the morning on a school night you know so um so yeah so and that was pretty much it after that I started kind of watching the league uh more and, and obviously uh that's like kind of where my Packers fandom started interesting 
So with that, we were talking with Ra. One of the main things we were talking about is how the sport has kind of grown over there in the past few years. So you said you mentioned that the Super Bowl 45, they were advertising that big. Was that like the first Super Bowl over there that they mainly showed? No, I think I think they've kind of shown maybe just specifically the Super Bowl for like a long, quite a long time. But maybe it's just kind of the first time I was really aware of it. Mm. Um, I think even going back to as far as like Joe Montana days, like they start, I think that was maybe when they started like showing just, just the Super Bowl kind of thing. Okay. Um, but then like, one of the big um, broadcasters here kind of took on like, there's like a now, uh, like Sky Sports is our biggest like sports uh, broadcaster. And now there's like a Sky Sports NFL dedicated channel. So like it's completely grown so much over the years. Um, like the coverage now is like, we'll get a lot of stuff on Sky Sports NFL that's like on NFL Network just or whatever. We have like Good Morning Football on and, and everything like that. And then obviously we get Red Zone on there and we get uh, like two two kind of like uh, highlighted games, one at, in the early window, one in the late window, and then obviously all the um, the primetime games as well. So yeah, it's, it's grown like a crazy amount, definitely since I started really getting into it about 10 years ago. Interesting. I know uh, I, the Packers, just from what I've observed, the Packers are a pretty big team over there. Is that right? Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, I've been to the NFL uh, games in London kind of a few times in the past obviously it's not been the Packers but just kind of mm-hmm. to get you know a taste of like actually going to an NFL game and uh, you see obviously kind of you would see the jerseys of like all 32 teams pretty much but like you definitely see a lot of Packers fans yeah like the, and obviously there's the UK um, UK right. and Irish Packers um, following here as well like the Twitter accounts like really got a good following so uh, yeah they're definitely like a really popular team here and I'm, I'm so excited to just see what what it's going to be like on Sunday because I have a feeling yeah. like, like I say, I've been to a few of these games and it's because it's just kind of like uh, mainly people in the crowd who just kind of want to enjoy the game and they don't necessarily, their team probably isn't playing. Yeah. They just wanted to go and watch the NFL. But I have a feeling this is just going to literally be like a Packers home game because of how long people have been waiting for it. Not, not only just like in England, but in Europe, like Germany. Yeah. And stuff like that. And obviously, people coming over from the US as well. I can't wait to see kind of like what it's like. Man, it's going to be exciting. All right. So when we talked to um, Dara, he um, said that he actually likes having the games be like in the middle of the night and like one o'clock in the morning start. Now, do you agree with with that? Um, yes and no. Like it would definitely be easier if that wasn't the case. Like my life would be easier, but. But I, yeah, I think overall I do enjoy it. Like I always say, like I've kind of got, I almost have like, I use it for an example of just like social media around the NFL and stuff. I have like two Twitter feeds. I have like my daytime Twitter feed, which is like more UK sports. And then like everyone goes to sleep and then I'm still awake, like consuming everything that's going on with like the NFL and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I would say I do, I do enjoy it because it's just like, it makes it like more of an event for me kind of thing, mm-hmm. especially if it's like the Packers, like Sunday night football, Thursday night football, whatever. Like I know up until like five or whatever, you know, but it's, yeah, I enjoy it. Like I would do it whatever time they're playing. So it kind of doesn't yeah. really like, I don't really have a choice. Like it is what it is. Yeah. Duran mentioned that, you know, since it's in the middle of the night, there's never anything in the way. So that definitely does seem like a benefit, but you know, obviously losing half of or most of sleep every Sunday for four months must suck too. But hey, you, you got to do what you got to do. And I'm sure it's easier yeah. for for a team like the Packers compared to the Jets. I don't think there'd be too many people staying up to watch them. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, if, if you were, if it was staying up in the middle of the night till four or 5 a.m. and they were getting whipped every week, that would like mm-hmm. not be fun. I would be like, that. that's when I would start to question like, some life choices but, <laughs> but since they're generally a pretty successful team it's it's kind of worth it and like I think yeah like Dara said like the there's nothing else going on like and or, like obviously there's so much like going on on Twitter and stuff as well like just the discussion during the game and stuff like mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah no I agree with that now do any of your like co-workers or friends know that on certain Sunday nights you're going to be staying up for a while and if so do they just look at you and understand that the Packers must have had a demoralizing loss um, early in the morning? 
Yeah, well, I think some some of my friends kind of like they obviously know like about my my Packers fandom and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. and sometimes I'll if I'm just like up anyway, like because now the season started, I'm up pretty much like I'll end up just staying up Thursday night or whatever, even if the Packers aren't playing and stuff like that. So if I send just like something that's completely unrelated to the NFL, like I just send something in the group chat that I've seen, and they'll wake up and be like, "You sent this at like three thirty in the morning. Like, what is what is it? You and they're like." You <laughs> <laughs> you, you are disgusting yeah. um so yeah and yeah i mean it's it's like with any of my sports teams that i follow because obviously i follow like a uh, premier league team and um and i'm like you know like baseball and stuff not so much but like i think any sports team that you're into the, the misery is real when you lose like it's very it ruins the it just like ruins your entire like day or weekend in my yeah. in, like in my case so yeah i think it's just something people have to get used to around me Right. Um, what was I going to ask? Uh, so um, you went to Lambeau for the very first time this past December uh, when we met there mm-hmm. against the Bears. And I, you, did you put out, or was it Tim Backus that you know, wrote an article on Cheesehead TV just describing your experience for the first time there? Yeah, that was Tim because he, he, he wanted to do a – he did a series on, like I think it was like uh, Cheesehead Origins or something like that, right. and it was like – looking into kind of how people came to the Packers and their different fandoms. And, and he asked me if I wanted to, wanted to do it. Um, obviously being like from UK and stuff like that. And, and yeah, and yeah, so he, he, he kind of did an article on that. And, and I was actually, he was there too, um, at the game. I don't know if you guys were there at the same time. I think you possibly were, but yeah, yeah like, and I was hanging out with him before the game too. And that was, that was a good time. And, and he caught like, he like recorded like my reaction going into the bowl for the first time, which was mm-hmm. like, that was pretty cool. That's nice to have. So, yeah, so no, it was good. Yeah, I complete when I saw that video, I completely understood it because the first time I, you know, walking through, um, I don't even know what to call it, but like the the corridor almost to mm-hmm. your seats, like when you exit the the mezzanine and go to the seats where it opens up and you can see the field for the first time, that is literally like getting a peek into heaven. It is an un- indescribable feeling. So with that, do you think um, the Packers finally, you know, the last NFL team to come to London, do you think it will be kind of that same experience and an added on level just because of the fact that they're playing in your home? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it'll be, I don't think it's going to be different, definitely, because like mm-hmm. obviously going to Lambeau is just like such a special thing because it's Lambeau Field, like um, – like before I went in there, like everybody was saying about, oh, when you go in the ball for the first time, it'll be amazing. And I was kind of thinking, like, yeah, like I'm sure it will be, but like I've been to sports stadiums before. Like yeah. it's just a stadium, like ultimately, like, you know. But then when I walked in there, I was like, no, I totally understand it. Yeah. But obviously, it won't be like the same as that because it's just like not, it's not Lambo Field, it's like Tottenham Hotspur's, you know, stadium. Yeah. But I think to see, like I said, I'm expecting this to be like a lot of Packers fans there. Just, so mm-hmm. to see kind of like the, like, the atmosphere and like just yeah. the kind of green everywhere sort of mm-hmm. thing like in where i'm from well like that's going to be like really really cool so yeah it'll be like obviously different but just cool in like a different way yeah i cannot wait to see all the pictures of the packers fans there uh because everything i've heard it sounds like it's going to be packed uh with packers fans i'm sure there will be some giants fans who will maybe make the trip over you know the giants have a good fan base and like I mentioned earlier, they're just a very recognizable U.S. city. So maybe that's something that U.K. fans latch on to, but cannot wait for this Sunday. And I'm sure uh, you cannot either. So, uh, Mark, thank you so much for joining us here today. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, that was so much fun with Mark. Obviously, we couldn't get every single Packers international fan on here for this episode. Um, you know, the scheduling thing is difficult enough, so we're able to get Mark into Ross, so hopefully you guys appreciated those interviews. Um, great fun time. Now, let's head into our preview of this game against the New York Giants. 
be playing at 8.30 a.m. Green Bay time. I'm so excited. I'm heading over to my brother's house to watch this game because he has NFL Network. We don't have the NFL Network here, so we're heading over to my brother's house. My mom is making her famous breakfast casserole for us that we're going to have during the game. Um, a little too early for a Dr. Pepper during the game, but maybe for a, a victory celebration. I know you you like to have Dr. Pepper in place for morning coffee, don't you? Oh, yeah. Doc, Dr. Pepper is like the first thing I drink in the morning. You got like a mini fridge on your nightstand. So before you even out of bed, you can reach yes. for one, you know, you grab one. Mm-hmm. Do okay. you even start off with the diet Dr. Pepper or you go full force at 8 a.m.? You know, I don't even drink diet Dr. Pepper. So it's just straight <sighs> doc, regular Dr. Pepper in the morning. You brush your teeth with it? Yes, actually. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you're revealing some great things to your dentist here. I know. Um, <laughs> that diehard of a Dr. Pepper fan. Exactly. And we still aren't sponsored. And Dr. Pepper still hasn't emailed me to play all my tuition. Like, what the heck, man? I would love to throw a football into one of those little boxes at halftime of a game. Yeah, you'd probably do better than half of the people that get on there anyway. Exactly. And I would come out there and my Dr. Pepper snack helmet, I'd, I'd put that on. It wouldn't be necessary, but I'd put that on. <laughs> And I'd, I'd get my Dr. Pepper gloves that I have. I got my Dr. Pepper shirt. Like, I'd be set. And they all think I'm a freak. Um, but if it gets, you know, tuition, I'm all for it. Yeah. Back to this game against <laughs> London, eh? So, um, heading against the Giants. I would like to say this is a game that Green Bay should absolutely win. They're going up against a very, very injured New York Giants team. Um, like this should be a game they should easily win despite Saquon Barkley or despite uh, the New York Giants uh, being three and one and having a pretty good defense. I'd love to say that because on paper they should, but I would be, uh, it would be quite ironic for me to say that if you go back and watch the tape per se and listen to our episode last week, previewing this Patriots game, we thought this was uh, last week was going to be steamroll for the Packers at mm-hmm. home at home. And it was not. So now they're traveling overseas. Um, you know, very unfamiliar environment to them. And, you know, to the Giants too. You know, they've played there a few times, I'm sure. But it's it's still an unfamiliar environment, obviously. So uh, talking about the Giants being banged up. Obviously, they had Daniel Jones go down in that game with a ankle sprain. High ankle sprain, I want to say. Um yes. And then they also had Tyreek Taylor go in there, and then he got injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wasn't able to watch the Giants Bears game. But Bigby, can you confirm that Saquon Barkley was taking snaps out of the wild card at some point in that game against Chicago? Yeah, um, Saquon for a few drives. I mean, I was watching Red Zone, but they tuned in a few times, and Saquon was in the uh, I think it's Wildcat. I think they um, that's well. Called. My brain is fried, but yeah, he was, he was back there at quarterback with Daniel Jones out that wide receiver doing absolutely nothing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is something. So it's not only quarterbacks uh, that the giants are dealing with injuries, pretty much a lot of their uh, key players are also injured. You have Kenny Galladay dealing with the injury. Uh, you also have Daniel or uh, Julian love a star cornerback for them. Yeah, their second-year offensive tackle, Evan Neal, dealing with the neck injury. Another wide receiver, Kadarius Toney, dealing with the injury. And then the heart of their defense, um, Leonard Williams, also dealing with the injury. Now, all those guys com- haven't completely been ruled out yet, but uh, definitely be watching the Giants injury report because if most of those guys can't go, then the Giants don't have a lot of hope outside of their star running back, Saquon Barkley, who is having the best start to any of his seasons in his career. Um, it's been kind of a disappointing start to Saquon's career. has been filled with injuries, but he is currently averaging 115 yards per game and has been the main reason the Giants are 3-1 and one, and their mm-hmm. only loss has come to Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys, which is kind of funny. But this is the best start that the Giants have had in quite some time. I need, I can't remember. I watched or I listened to this Giants podcast, which was incredibly boring. Um, it was really boring stuff. But yeah, that uh, poor was, podcast is taking shots right now. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to even mention the name. But 
Um, <laughs> really boring podcast. They did say something about, though, that this was the first time in a while that the Giants have had this kind of start. Um, and also, um, on a random note, this is the first time that two winning teams have played in London ever for the NFL and their expansion. They've been playing in London since 2007. This is the first time they've had two teams with winning records going up against each other. So that's great. Not quite the premier matchup uh, that they're hoping they're for, but that's right. London's never going to get, you know, an end of season match against two great teams. Um, so, yeah, the Giants are off to uh, a good start with their new head coach and Brian Dable who spent a lot of time with the Buffalo Bills, was with the New England Patriots before that, kind of the quarterback whisperer and transforming Josh Allen to this sporadic, inaccurate rookie into uh, MVP caliber player. So, hey, I would be surprised if Dable is able to do the same with the, 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 the kind of forgotten project of Daniel Jones, the giving up on project, if you will. Um, but hey, he's led his team to a great start. They also have Wink Martindale, who is with the Baltimore Ravens for a long time. Uh, he is their defensive coordinator. So they have a really interesting team. Kind of interesting to watch them go on their sixth or seventh rebuild attempt, man. Um, so it, it's unfortunate to see what has happened to New York ever since the decline of Eli Manning. Um, the only hope for this game for New York is that Saquon Barkley plays and that the Packers play a similar game that they did against the Patriots. And then, hey, they just have to hope they play a better fourth quarter in overtime than New England did, and they're looking all right. So that's pretty much it on our minimal knowledge on the Giants because they aren't a good team, even though their record says otherwise. Um, but one thing I want to bring up, looking at the Packers here, is Elton Jenkins – at right tackle, if you haven't noticed, he's been not good and borderline bad at right tackle, right? Let's not put any sugarcoating on it. He has not been Elton Jenkins at right tackle so far ever since he's come back. And then week two against Chicago was just dismissed, kind of swept over under the rug. Uh, uh, it's, it's just rust. But now three games back in, and he's not looking great, all right? Um and there has been a lot of talk about possibly throwing Yash out there at right tackle because if Matt LeClure wants to stick true to his word then he and putting the best five out there, then Elton Jenkins at right tackle seems a lot worse than Yash Nyman at right tackle. And Elton Jenkins, who is an all-pro at left guard, why don't you just slide him in there? And, you know, that even makes sense because then you take out the weak spot in Royce Newman, you pluck him out of the lineup, and then you can put in the proven starter and John Runyon in there at right guard. Uh, but, um, like, obviously that does have its downsides. Malafleur and Adam Stinovich have both said that they have considered the possibility of, of that possibility of moving Yash back to left guard. Um, but they say that they're going to roll with what they got right now, and if a change needs to be made, they won't hesitate. So, hey, uh, interested to see what Elton does. Really want to see him get back to that all-pro form, though, obviously. Yeah, and on that um, video, I want to say Ross Uglum put out. It was like mm -hmm. three plays I put on my Instagram story. Like, you could tell, like, he's he's actually holding the defensive lineman when he gets beat. Like, he's just not looking that good at right tackle right um Zach Tom could also be a guy that they put at mm -hmm. right tackle I know that's gonna come with some growing pains probably not the move you want to do especially this part of the season but that's also somebody else who to consider yeah and I just don't understand this has garnered a lot of criticism for the Packers but they you know they claim both Lafleur and Sinovich, they claim that they want to cross-train their players, especially on the offensive line, to be able to play multiple positions. And Yash played right tackle for most of college as a Virginia Tech Hokie. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> but at Virginia Tech, he played mostly at right tackle. So, you know, he's he's had a few years in the league now. I don't believe, did we see him at all in the preseason at right tackle? I don't believe so. So they exclusively play him and practice him at left tackle. 
just seems odd to me that never throughout training camp, they didn't want to try him out at right tackle because they knew like the depth there is pretty shaky already. So to not train him there is interesting decision to me because now we're aligned in this place right now. And, you know, there is an idea that TJ Lane threw out there of wanting to have just one side of your line be perfect, right? Even if you're throwing out a Byron Bell um, out there at right tackle and right guard, then who cares because you got this one side of the line that is really reliable. And especially for Aaron Rodgers, obviously, like a majority of the quarterbacks in the league is right handed, right? So him having his blind side protected would be great. And he doesn't have any worries about that, would be phenomenal. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what goes to that thinking. I'm sure if this performance continues to be bad for Melton Jenkins, he'll eventually make some type of move. But right now, it's not looking great. Elton Jenkins at right tackle. We want to, we love to have him back out there, man. But um, Biggie's either got to improve or he's got to be moved. All right. All right now. Okay, I'm not that. That was more Australian, so I'm gonna just stitch it right there. That's. <laughs> It's going to end right there. Um, that was so much fun. Um, thank you so much, Mark and Dara, for joining us, man. Um, Dara put out an article on Packer Report earlier in this week, too, where he kind of went more in depth on what it's like to be a Packers fan all the way over there in Ireland. So I highly recommend reading that. I highly recommend following the both of them. As Dara mentioned, he's going to be in the press box for this game, so I'm sure he's going to have some great work coming out of it. Should be a fun time um, having some points, getting some fishing or t- what is it? Fishing chips down there in London for the Green Bay Packers. I cannot wait to feel the atmosphere um, through the TV screen and through social media this week. Um, Big B, any other thoughts or comments? Any uh, attempts you want to give at a trash London accent? Um, yeah, that was that was incredible. But Jamal Williams. Once again, getting the start looks like DeAndre Swift is not going to play. So let's hope for another huge performance from the GOAT. No, good, good stuff there. Yes. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for watching our episode on this special London week. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you did enjoy it, make sure you subscribe to this YouTube channel and follow us on all the social medias. And uh, with that being said, we'll talk to you later. As always, Go Pack Go, and the Giants are rubbish. All right.